Hello, everyone. A quick intro to this week's episode. This week, um, I'm posting a, an episode I recorded a number of weeks ago before the outbreak of the coronavirus, a Q&A with Bill Corrigan, one of my athletes in the Alpha Group. So you'll hear some references to people running marathons this spring, and uh, those are obviously not happening. Um, I still think that the content is excellent, and we have a fun banter back and forth. Um, so without further ado, I'll just go straight on to the episode and uh, just recognize that it was recorded before the outbreak of coronavirus and that some of the references you'll hear um, are not as relevant as they were a few weeks before. Godspeed. Welcome to Running on Purpose, a weekly podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve, and I will be your host. Hey, world. How are you doing? I'm here with uh, the great Bill Corrigan. Bill, how are you today? Hey, I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, Bill is um, a member of the Alpha training group that we have here in Austin, and he's the 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 progenitor of a question. He's got a great question for us this week, um, talking about mental training from a different format and a different perspective. So, Bill, give give us your question first, and then uh, we'll go through. Um, that and probably hopefully glean a little more information about you and why you've got a, a split over your eye and <laughs> and your nose is all all mangled. It's healing. Yeah, what's, what's, we'll figure out what's going on with all that. So what's your question first? Let me know. Okay, my know. question is, um, uh, why is there a periodization for mental training the sort of thinking here is, you know, if we train our body by, uh, we go through a base period, you know, and build up our miles. And, or maybe we might have like a speed development period where we work on getting a little faster. And then as we get closer to our event, uh, we go into more kind of like a peak period. And then there's also even like tapering. So is, is there a periodization like that for our mental training that we have to do? So this question, when you wrote it to me, uh, my first initial answer was, hell yes, there is. Absolutely, there is. <laughs> um, but as I started thinking more and more about it, I realized that uh, there is a season, there is a, a sense of, if from my perspective, there's a sense of, it, of a seasonal aspect to it, mm -hmm. not necessarily what someone might call periodization. So periodization basically is that you construct a set cycle of training yeah. to have specific kinds of loads, paces, mileage, things of that nature, um, in various combinations to try yeah. to optimize for a performance at a certain point in time. Yeah. And then that process recycles and starts all over again. So I do think from that perspective, there is a sense of seasonality and maybe periodization. Um, but that assumes that there's some sort of end. Yeah. Right? And that, and that you're... 
But the mind doesn't work that way. The body doesn't either, but we sort of cheat the body that way. We kind of cheat that way. So the, but the mind is an ongoing, the mind, the mental part of your race. Let's, let's not go into mind. That, that yeah. can bring in philosophy and psychology and a whole bunch of other things. But the mental part of your race um, has so much to do with your process day to day that it's hard to set it up into straight periodization model. But I do think that there are times to do certain things and maybe we can talk a little bit more about what timing might look like rather than a strict science of periodization. Because by the way, periodization now, currently most of the modern thinking, modern scientific thinking about periodization is it's a whole bunch of bullshit. Okay. Well, you know, I was thinking, you know, just to go a little bit farther with along the line with that is so it's like, you know, we have, like you said, we're in it for the long game. And then like we pick an event and then we're going to train for that. And then we have, you know, a, a macro cycle for that. And then we have little micro cycles for that. And inside of those micro cycles, we have our daily things that we do. Now, are there things um, related to mental preparedness that we could pick out and say, like, I need to have better grit. I need to, you know, make sure that I can get up every morning and go out and run, even if it's raining. Or it's like, I need to be ready for those last three miles of a marathon because that's when I'm all drained physically. But, you know, if I don't have my mind engaged to it, I'm not going to get to the end the way I want to be. You know, sort of things like that that you could practice and train for? Well, absolutely. But that's what the race requires. That's not a periodization necessarily. But okay. I think it's really useful that you started that way because that's kind of the ways our brains work is we want to categorize, place them in a set spot. I don't think that that's, I think that there's, in each person, they're all going to have an individual thing that they need to work on, yeah. right? They will each have a different activity or mental construct that they need to work and, and work on. Um, and then there's sort of group think. So in any training group that you're in, you'll have a variety of different people getting ready for races that, that sit at different places. So as yeah. soon as you have community and groups running at different times, then you have a group think opportunity when it comes to mental training. And you think about our group, ethos group and alpha group each week i provide for my group some mental training concept to think about and that is thought of not necessarily just from a one-on-one -on -one individual perspective mm -hmm. but i'm also thinking about it from the perspective of the group and what the group needs and how the group needs it so that is another piece that a good coach would be in the position of figuring out and managing and handling and then finally there is just each race has its own special concerns, both in distance. So a 5K's concerns is different than a marathon. A trail race's concerns is different than a track race. Yeah. Um, and then the races themselves. So we've got people who are running Boston Marathon in a couple of months, and we got people running London Marathon literally a week later, assuming that they have the races, right? Yes. Um, but and then a race, I've got somebody running Woodlands this weekend. Well, there might be a little bit of a different tweak to what goes on because of their course and other things. So yes, all those things need to be taken into consideration. How does that help someone who's self-coaching and how does that help someone who's in a program? Let me go back to the start of the Running on Purpose podcast. Episodes one, two, and three are about self-coaching yeah. and the importance of being actively engaged in your own coaching and then co-creating a plan with your coach. And Bill, one of the things I love about you is you're always searching 
You're always looking at the latest information. You're always playing around with the various things that could happen. And you're really reflective. Like you self, your self-inquiry process is really pretty good. So you're always kind of walking down this road of what can I work on? What can I work on? Well, that's because, you know, I keep messing up somehow or, you know, I, I are think, you though, are you messing up? Well, you're improving. Right. I'm improving, but it's, uh, you know, I'll say it's a Saturday morning. I go on a long run and I think, you know, okay, my goal today is to, you know, run 20 miles at 95%. And then, you know, I fall on my face at mile seven. <laughs> And so now it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to be fucking running 20 miles today. What am I going to do? It's like, well, I feel like I can keep running. Uh, so why am I going to go out and keep running? So it's like, okay, it's something mentally that I got to do. It's like, well, what happens in Boston if I fall in Boston? You know, that I'm not going to get to go to Boston again. So I got to finish Boston maybe if, if I should. So it's like, all right, so now I'm going to practice you know, mentally what you do when you fucked up like that. So yes, that's, yes. That's, you know, it's yeah. like, well, that's reflecting the and trying to figure out what to do with where I'm at now after I failed or. Well, that's the first place to start, right? What is happening in my current system with an eye, in my current experience, system is not the right word, but what's happening in my current experience with the idea that I have a race that I specifically want to get ready for. Yeah. So you, it, it was it optimal for you for a key long run to have it not be able to complete the workout as described? No, but shit happens. So yeah. what did you do? You dealt with the shit, yeah. right? You made a plan of attack. You got out to a certain distance. You turned around and said, oh, maybe I should just go straight back to the house, back, back to, yes. the, to our starting point and make sure I haven't broken my nose and that <laughs> I'm, I'm actually staying, putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, you were pretty bloodied up after that fall that you had. And uh, when you rolled up at the at the finish of the run, you know, two of us were sitting there. We were like, Bill, you, you need to wash that thing up and make sure you don't need some stitches. But um, you did the best thing, right? You yeah. said, let me adjust and see. You know, I've talked a lot about quitting lately. Um, yeah. that, is that a quit? Is that, or is that a reassessment? It's, it's a reassessment about where you're at, what's going on. Also an understanding that um, you would have also created all kinds of issues on the road had you continued to run. If people had seen you, I mean, you were bleeding. Yes. Off your face. Yeah. So yeah. people would have stopped you consistently on your run and you would have felt the need to communicate with them. Yeah. You're already out of all of the kinds of spaces that we're trying to optimize with that particular workout, right? And a workout is not a race. Like we don't quit work races, but that, sometimes that we have That has been to so great for you to, to say that. You, you got a particular way of saying, you know, like we... We train to improve, uh, not to perform, or something like that. I don't know what your your words are, but it's always great. Well, you don't train. You're not training to prove your fitness, oh, right? But to gain fitness. Okay, that's it. Yeah. now. Let's go yeah. back to your main question. What are we training from a mental perspective? So I think it's a couple of things I want to highlight. Number one, each season you should pick one mental theme. Each okay. athlete should choose one mental theme that's reflective of a couple of different things. Either A, if you had a poor performance at your last race, really trying to think about what the constituent components of that poor performance were, right? I've talked after races about how you need to, you know, make an assessment of what occurred and what happened so that mm -hmm. you're ready. I think I did one on the future. Reflection and the Future is a podcast episode we did, and it's asking you to go through 
your races and your seasons and ensure that you're that you're checking all your blind spots and making sure that you're taking care. So if you had a result that you didn't like, what are things that you would have liked to have done from a psychological perspective that could have made a difference? Look at those. Ask your coach, have you noticed yeah. any blind spots or things in my mental training that you, I need to adjust and I need to look at? Because, <coughs> excuse me, frequently our coaches see us at our realist. Um, we are, we're unreliable narrators of our own experience. Um, and having someone outside of you to be able to tell you what their experience of you is can be balancing of the experience that you're having yourself. Um, and then maybe there's a something that you've just always wanted to be able to do, like close out a marathon, right? Yeah. I've had a number of athletes recently talk to me about, I've never had a marathon where I closed strong. So yeah. that's a mental framework, okay? So now, we, so you take this concept, right? This idea of what you want to do. Um, and then you place it into your training cycle in such a way that you think about it like you think about your workouts. There's a couple of different ways to do that. Either you plan it out from a longer perspective and say, let's say especially that your, your issue is nuanced. Maybe there's, I want, so it's not, I just want to be tougher. It's more mm. like, I want to be tougher. I want to go out smoother and steadier at the beginning of my race and close harder and stronger at the end. Well, there's, that's, a, that's something we can practice consistently what does it mean psychologically in your mental space to go out smoother and what stops you from doing that many people are so impetuous that they just can't stop they have to go out right yeah. other people they go out slow so maybe they want to get out a little faster so it's just knowing those things and then the second part of it is i want to be closing that out so you can start to bring your into your workouts that you see that your coach has got a plan for and say, okay, now what's my responsibility to bring in from a psychological perspective based on this one key objective that I'm trying to reach? Yeah, that's a really important one too. And it's very interesting because you, you talked about racing there. I almost find that I don't have to worry so much when I get into the race about my mind. There's, there's little things that come up, but it's more like, you know, a, say a 20 mile long run and I'm by myself or, you know, it's just, or, you know, one or two other people. And then it's kind of like, God, why am I doing this? This is boring. This is three and a half hours. I'm out here. It's like, what do I got? But, I, you know, I got to finish. How do I finish strong there? It's like, sometimes I feel like that's what I need the mental toughness for. No, you don't. You haven't. You you absolutely have not yet really, really worked on your purpose. You don't know why the fuck you're running. Well, I think I do. I no, think, okay, then tell me why you think you're running. Um, I I think I'm running because I well I love the community of it and I love the 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 music that I make with either the people that I see when I'm running, um, or you know the animals that I run into or the birds that I hear and that I'm just moving through space and that's great. So like on a in a race, that's to me that's kind of like where I'm you know in a performance like a symphony hall and so I'm I'm coming together with all the even the fans that are yelling and screaming at you and things like that. That's beautiful. That's wonderfully said. That's amazing. However, you're running your runs at a specific pace with specific objectives and you're following a coach's plan. Why the hell are you doing that? Because it sounds to me like maybe the problem isn't that you don't have a bigger purpose. It's that you don't. So wh why are you doing that? I mean, let me not put words in your mouth. I was about to yeah. just jam words in your mouth. D tell me why it is that you do train. So why are you actually training as opposed to just going out, getting in miles, 
running, picking the race distance that you want to run to gain that community and engaging with your visible community in the space that you're in at that moment and the virtual community that you'll be running with in your training partners and then the yeah. larger community of running runners that may show up at the race that you run, right? Well, that's that, beautiful. That, that's a great question because it, uh, there's so many parts to that. So when I uh, first started training, it was because if I would run, I would get hurt. And so I found that I had to kind of like focus on different specific physical things and go at it and, and build on different things. And then I wasn't getting hurt. And then I also developed more endurance. So I was able to, to go through things. Then I started noticing that, um, there, there is a community as I, you know, uh, I've been doing this 15 years now. I, I know more about it so I could talk to more people about different things. So then there was kind of a community aspect about it. Um, so then I started getting into like little specific times, you know, why do I want to do specific times? And part of that was, is kind of like if I set a goal that way, it helps motivate me. It's those, you know, 5.30 in the morning, rainy days when it's cold, when I'm going to run six miles by myself. It's like, why the fuck do I want to get up in bed and do that? And it's like, well, because you know if you do this now, that's going to help you be more beautiful at another time. You're going to have a greater experience somewhere else. So I start putting all those things together. And I think that the times, you know, picking a time, you know, uh, 340 marathon, is just sort of like, just can I just you know, have something to work with, you know, we'll, we'll throw the BQ business out. That's a whole other story. You right. know, we'll just throw that out um, and not talk about that. But now it's more kind of like, I, it, it's, it's like, um, what can I use to measure myself? How do I know, you know, that um, I've got the fitness that I want to be that I, you know, your question earlier, your statement earlier about um, I, I can't, I, I can't, um, I'm not a good judge of myself. Will you help me be a judge by that by saying, well, let's, you know, do this at your half marathon pace. Okay, okay, you know? but we're doing that against a, a model of you still, we're still basically doing it because you have this, you have a conflict in your head about I won't go out and do the thing if I don't have an objective to go out and do it for. Is that yeah. really real? Is that why you have a time goal? Because you wouldn't go out and run at 6 a.m. in the rain otherwise. Really, really think about that a little bit. So that's, that's great. So um, I think that, no, the time goal isn't really there for it. But I think when, I, when there is the time, so, uh, you know, we're doing... Uh, quality work and you know there's you know run you know 1k at your half half marathon pay, gold pace and then you know something else for that and then when I get back home and I looked at it and I said it's like all right how did that feel and did I meet those goals so then roll that back to the the other day so I don't know that I'm necessarily thinking about it but I do know that if I go do this work when it's hard to do when I, when I really need to use my mind to get me out of that bed and do it I do know that I'll be in a better position for when I have to to focus on the like a time goal specific thing and I think that just sort of helps 
they sort of feed off each other. You know, I, I don't always care about what the time is, but um, if I do the work for when I'm, so that I can be prepared to tear, care about the time work is, then if I feel good about what I did, I'll think about that the next time. It's the last time you, you did your quality workout, you liked how that was, now you're just going to get up and go run in the cold. Um, so that'll make you feel good the next time you do a quality workout. Right. So I think this is a key thing. You're not identifying with the time. No. And many people do. So you're, the reason why right. you're having challenges, if they are real challenges, they're existential challenges, Bill. These are the challenges everyone has. Why does anybody go the fuck to work? Is it yeah. any different at 20 miles than why you go to work when you don't want to go to work? I mean, sure, the circumstances are different. But in a lot of ways, it's like, why am I doing this thing because it hurts or it's boring or I have to or all these other other reasons. Many people, other people are dealing with this stuff because if they don't run 340, they're not going to get their BQ and then their identity in some way, shape or form with some smaller community or some larger community is affected. Well, or, I, I've been there. I, that, that was crazy. I went through that period for a year and I don't ever want to be in that space again. And I think that that is really important. That's why you're dealing a little bit with a challenge from a, why do I want to do this is because you are not recognizing, you need to recognize the real purpose that the running is serving you. I think it goes back, I'm going to put a little bit of words in your mouth here and just say, I think it is because you're trying to gain a greater understanding of who you are. You're trying to learn about yourself and challenge yourself and see what you're capable of. Some of those things you said at the end of that last little bit were about, um, I want to know what I'm made of. I want to see how I'll react on harder days. And if I react well on this hard day, then I'll be more prepared to deal with the other hard days. All of that stuff is beautiful and wonderful, but it kind of still needs to be addressed. Why do you, and I think you need to be able to literally point at it. It can't be ephemeral. It can't be nebulous. It has to be there because that way, when you hit that 20 mile marker or that 16 mile marker in a 20 mile run and you could quit, you're run by your house, let's say, yeah. and you could easily walk in the door. What would keep you from doing that? It shouldn't be identity. And it shouldn't be just because, right? I don't think. I mean, I do think there's some people who benefit from a, 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 I do it because I said I was going to do it. Um, But I think that there should be more like, and I think this is where you're operating from. I want to see what it's like to get those extra four miles in. Or I'll lay in my bed the next morning and think it's more easy. It's easier to not get out of bed and do the thing that I need to do. All those well, things. Yeah, I mean, the times when I've not gone out the door. I mean, I've had my shoes on. I've been there. I opened the door and I said, fuck it. I'm getting another cup of coffee. Sure. And then I felt like crap the rest of the day for having made that decision. Uh, so I think that that is where you can start asking yourself why you run. I think that's a place. So why did you not do it on that day? And I don't really want to answer that question right now, but I do think it's a place for you to begin. It's a place for you to start to do a little self-inquiry on why do you feel bad? Okay, first, look at the reason why you're feeling bad about not doing it. Is it because you're physically not happy or is it because you're psychologically unhappy? If it's because you're physically unhappy, well, then that should be easier to remedy because everyone wants, you know, like when you eat something that doesn't suit well with you, you know it and you don't eat it again, right? right. Eventually you can bring logic to bear and reason to bear there. Kale. 
it's a little harder to do that when it's psychological, right? We don't value that as much. We say, so if that if there's that discontinuity or that that dissonance there about I didn't do it because I think I should have, then you need to ask yourself why you feel you should have. That 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 you know, some people will say you're getting really philosophical here, but this is what we do as humans. We're meaning-making machines that are looking at what gives us meaning. You're sitting here after in the afternoon saying I feel less meaningful. My experience of life feels less meaningful now because I didn't choose to do the thing at that other time. And then if you can ask yourself why you feel that way in the intermediate time, because you certainly didn't feel that uh, way at two o'clock in the, at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I, I mean, then it sort of gets to like, um, running for fitness, running to be a healthier human, um, is great. And, uh, Fit, it's really easy to do. Put some shoes on, go out the door. Um, so um, I like being a fit human. I've been an unfit human in the past, and it sucked. And so being a fit human is nice. So um, that I think you know, it's it's it, I get to this place where it's like, okay, I didn't do the run that I said I was going to do. Now I'm tired, and it's like, uh, you know, I, well, I'm I've been doing this long enough to know that my fitness doesn't fall off like that. But it's it's like, well, I, I talked to you earlier about being a musician. You know, uh, musicians practice all the time to, to keep their skill levels up so that when they go do a performance, they're ready to go and they don't have to think about those other things. So, But every time at 6 o'clock in the morning that you – you don't every time get that extra cup of coffee. No, okay. rarely. So yeah, what, you're talking about, what you're talking about is, is, is obscuring our point because – I know you believe that because most of the time you go out. Right. Go back to the point I'm trying to make. Why do you feel bad the times that you do choose to go back and get a cup of coffee or go back to bed? Why are you feeling bad about that later? Look at that. Look at that. What does that say about you as a person? What does that say about your experience as a runner? Both of those things are going to be very valuable so that next time that you decide to have a cup of coffee or go back to bed, you can feel great about it and feel great about it all fucking day long because you should feel good about it because you know you're not going to go down some slippery slope of never running again. Like So we're creating this 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 distress in our bodies and our minds about something that doesn't matter. Yeah. Believe me, you know every run doesn't matter. It doesn't. And some runs are better to reflect on your own experience and to relax and feel good about life. This is the benefit of being a modern human being. We don't have to go hunt for our food every day. We don't have to go move our tribe down the down the stream to get to a safer place or to move towards food. We have the ability to rest, recuperate. We have a different lifestyle. So you don't have to go out every day and run every day. So why do you have to feel bad about that? I don't, I don't understand. And I think well, that's something all, all to right. look at. So let's bring that back to the very original question. It's like, you know, how do I mentally train uh, for things like that? And maybe this is like sort of an example of that. You know, uh, you know there's times where you um, uh, didn't even start. You know, you went back and got the second cup of coffee. So now you have to do some mental training around that. I'm not even sure what you would call that kind of training. But it's called purpose training. It's looking okay. at why you're doing, what is the ultimate reason? What's the telos? <laughs> What's the <laughs> purpose of what you're doing? Because you, sh- and I don't think you have that cleared up yet. I mean, I think no, that, I right. think that it's there. It. 
I mean, listen, everyone's purpose is already there. You wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be waking up on a day-to-day basis to get out and do hard training if you didn't have a real good reason for it. But what happens is when we run into challenges that we feel are insurmountable or that we don't want to continue to do, we we get into a psychological distressed place. And what I'm trying to say is by working on your purpose and knowing where it is, it, I promise you, as soon as you know your purpose, you will no longer think about you won't have four more miles of pain and suffering. You will have one moment where you go back to your purpose and say, does this really matter to me? Okay. And then you'll either choose to go towards it or you'll walk away from it. And either way, it'll be okay. But because your purpose is clear, I think you know what decision you'll make. That's scary. It should be scary. Life is scary. Being a human being is scary. Being, that's, you think it's scary for my dog? My dog only gets scared when something comes up to chase it, right? <laughs> but being a human is scary. It's yeah. hard. We have so many choices to make. Being conscious is a challenge. It's a gift and a curse. You, you, and because you live big, because you live boldly, yeah. it's harder. Yeah. You're not anesthetizing yourself to the rest of life. You're living it boldly and strongly. And guess what that means? You're at risk. This is how we make our less meaningful exist, modern existence more like the tribal existence that we had when we were nomads and we moved down the roads. This is why I think running is so important. We're able to reconnect with a primal, basic human drive to be aspirational, to be in a community, and to go get the thing that needs to be gotten. And we find, and, and we find this all happening in our running communities. Our running communities are smaller little microcosms of the space we used to operate as primal human beings. Mm -hmm. And yet, you have to ask yourself why it matters because the primal human being back 20,000 years ago didn't have to think about it. <laughs> it was built into the structure of the society. It's not built into the structure of your society. So you need to put yourself around people who believe in the same thing that you believe in, that running matters and that running fast matters. And then they can feed you and help you understand why this works. And you're going to still be at a dinner party and people are going to look at you and say, why are you leaving at 10 o'clock or 9.30 at night yeah. so you can be ready? So you're like, because I got to be ready for my be at practice at 5.30 in the morning means I got to yeah. wake up at 4.30 to have my cup of coffee. And they're like, what the fuck? And you're like, well, I have this other tribe that I'm a member of, and it matters to me. And we have an objective. We have a core objective that we're all going for. Maybe not on the same day, but we're all going for the same thing. It's bigger, Bill. And yeah. you knowing why it's bigger to you is the most important thing you can do from a mental training perspective. That's why I talk about purpose so much and why I think it's so important. I've stood at the starting right. line with athletes who had no idea why they were there. That is yeah. terrible. That is the worst experience you should ever have. And it's just indicative of our modern existential ills. Well, so my purpose is changing. Over, yes. Yeah. I That's mean, okay. 15 years ago when, when I did this, it's because I was overweight. My cholesterol was getting you know, high, my blood pressure was starting to go. And, you know, I was like, fuck, I can't do this. I got, you know, I got to get healthier. You know, uh, running's an easy thing to do. Lots of people do it. I'll our start role, running. Our roles in our tribe always changed. We moved through life cycles in different ways. Now, I'm not arguing for a return to the primal, okay? We are, I, I believe that the digital is the future. 
But we can't, but we have these internal drives, these physical internal drives that are based on old, old ways of being. And we need to recognize them and find, and, and to those people who find a purpose in it, some people love to climb trees. Some people love to climb walls. Some yeah. people love to hit a little ball with a little stick. Some people love to put a ball in a, in a, in a basket. Some people like to bang into each other and, you know, it, some of that is primal. Some of that is societal. All of that needs to be asked and addressed. Why are you doing it? Understanding that there's a primal drive in you is important, but then recognizing that you have different seasonality in your life, that there's different reasons. As you got fitter and less overweight, as your heart rate came down, as your blood pressure evened out, as your life got better because you ran, you began to look for more reasons why running mattered to you. Then you got obsessed with times and running specific yes. times. Then you saw the dis dis distress and the problems associated sometimes with being identified with a specific time. Yeah, we are not going to go there again. No one. And, and there are a lot of people listening to this podcast right now who are there. And that's why they're struggling. They're struggling because they think that matters. It will matter. Well, in, I get to say, I don't want to go there again because I was successful being yes. driven by that. Yes. No. And I, and I, achieved, it's a season. Yeah. It's a, it's like, it's, that was the time in your life that you met those objectives and have reached that place. Yeah. We have a, we have a, a person in our group named Michelle Bonathan, who's a, who's just ran a marathon, right? Yes. You showed up this morning and you said she just finished her marathon and she's going to run 14 miles, she ran it last week. She's yes. going to run 14 or 16 miles this week. And you're shaking your head. And you said, Steve, you always say she's supposed to take a season and take a break and get a rest and a recovery. But I looked at you and what did I say? Michelle's journey is different than your journey. Yeah. Michelle's journey is to be ready for an Ironman in September. Yeah. She doesn't have time. She can't take the breath because this is only one part of her long-term command performance journey. Yeah. And she has to stay on it. And she's in that space. I'm not saying she's identifying herself in this way because she's, she's an extremely smart and wise woman. Yes. But she is very microly obsessed in this current space of her life on this key objective. And yeah. so that's the time of her life to be in this space. So she doesn't need a break. If she takes a break, she'll start to wonder about her purpose. So she needs to move forward. This is why each person needs to be self-coached. This is why each person needs a coach that's willing and able to be nimble and flexible to adjust for them while also working in a group environment so you have a tribe. It, it's, I know it sounds complicated, but it's really, really simple, right? You're aspirational, focus on a goal. Two, do it with a community of some sort in some way, shape, or form. And three, recognize that there's something essential, essential about moving through space or, or, or going for a running goal, right? That's it. Now, going back full circle to our original question, what is the periodization or seasonality of my mental training? Pick a concept, run it through the cycle. First, if in that cycle, you come up with other mental challenges that you think you're not addressing, write them down and see if they have the bandwidth to work on those as well. If you don't have the bandwidth to work on those as well, either decide you're going to stay with the one that you just started with, let's say resilience and toughness. Yeah. And then you find along the way that you have these negative feedback loops that happen at this particular point in the race. So you could either, you can't, if and you, you know you can't do both. So pick one or the other. You don't have to pick the original one. You could stick with the new one, but just don't expect you to be completist in the first objective, right? Well, so that's great. You brought up 
wonderful things there to people can go out and research on their own. Resilience, toughness, me- negative feedback loops. I mean, don't you think that you also have to uh, periodically visit them to make sure that, you know, whatever it was that you trained with for negative feedback loops, that you don't um, lose fitness, <laughs> if I use, use that metaphor for it? So I would argue no. Okay, I would argue no, because they should be a, um, if you learned it and you lived it for a long period of time, it should now be ingrained in you. And yes, you might revisit it, but you'll probably revisit in the context of your own experience. Oh, look, I kind of wussed out right there at that spot. Why did I do that? I thought I worked on that. Oh, I recognize it. I see it. Or you're running with a group of people and you're recognizing somebody else is in a different spot of their mental training journey and that they're going through issues with it now and you've got the ability to share with them your experience about it and why you found it to be beneficial and the steps that you took that to work on it. So you should, this is why I think it's more important to do a deeper dive and hold on to one key concept through a cycle than it is to necessarily say, at this time I do this and at this time I do this because you're gonna get a surface scratch There's a difference between, I've said this once, I'll say it a hundred times. There's a difference between knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is knowing a thing. Understanding is living a thing. So I think you should strive in your mental training just as you strive in in your physical training. It's more important in your mental training though to live it. How do you live it? And the only way you live it is by experiencing it. And then you may be in your community we, disguise, we decide we're all going to work on feedback loops in a cycle or we're going to work on this in a cycle. Now, with my group, because I'm not necessarily, I've got a virtual crew, yeah. I'm not there with them all the time. But no, I do think you, it, I mean, you, you throw out themes for us, you know, stay in the arena. And, and I, I see that in people's uh, journaling, you know, that like, oh, yeah, they, I stayed in the arena. It was tough, you know, and I, I remember that. And I, you know, just put myself back in the right frame of mind and I finished what I set out to do, you know, so. So I think it's, I think it's your coach's job to bring you these, the things you're talking about. Shouldn't I be thinking about this your coach periodized your plan and your coach probably has a periodization plan for his mental training as well right if they're worth their salt they do okay because they should have gone through this dozens and dozens of times and so they know that their athlete's going to go through this particular thing based on this particular workout there should be some kind of consistency there right the challenges of four times 400 meters all out are different from the challenges of 18 miles at 90% of marathon goal pace. There's different challenges. And that coach should know when they give that workout or they get through more of those workouts that a kind of thinking needs to be taking place, a kind of mental toughness or resilience or a particular aspect needs to be based on. So those should be baked into your programming. But you are responsible for one key item, a cycle, in my opinion. And I think that's better. And you should choose it, write it at the top of your training log, make a Commitment, just as you've got a commitment to running a certain time or getting a specific goal, BQ, uh, Olympic trial standard, whatever specific time goal, like I want to run sub 250 on my, in my 50th year, okay? You write that out and then below it, what's my mental training concept around that? And if you don't have one, start with what is my purpose for running? Start there because that will help. That's the final space everybody comes to that's the existential drama that plays out from 16 to 20 in your scenario you really aren't completely clear why you run it's not ready at hand to battle the demon that's come at you 
you can't have a conversation. You don't know how to have a conversation with it. And what you're using doesn't work currently because you haven't gotten clear on it. And you haven't then run that purpose through these challenging efforts and challenging days. That purpose will get clearer and clearer as you run four times 400 meters all out, as you run 5K workout, as you do your critical velocity paces, as you do this, you'll start to see, oh, I didn't even see that side of my purpose playing out here. And if it's community-based, if it's self-based, if it's some kind of combination of the two, if it's, I, you know, I've made an argument that I think there may be some one or two fundamental reasons why people run. Um, but you need to be able to articulate that. You know, I could say, I think people run because they want to learn about themselves. That I do well, think yeah. that, so I mean, that's there. But. So at 16, you would ask yourself not, you would say, I believe that I'm doing this so I can learn more about myself. What do I need to do? Binary. You don't have the ability to make 17 choice, a choice between 17 multiple choice items. You either are going to keep going or not. You're going to stay on pace or you're not, right? So keep it simple and then watch that purpose flower in different ways because the circumstances are different. The pain is different and the choices are different. But they should revolve. You should be able to see it and then be able to write over a week basis and a, and a, and a cycle basis and over a longer term basis, wow, I'm really seeing my purpose distill out in my training. So I would, and if you're not ready for your purpose, because some people just, this, this whole thing, almost every athlete that I've sat down to talk to about purpose, they push away. They, well, <laughs> they don't want to go into it. And I understand that. And I only do it one-on-one -on -one, or I only do it in small groups because it's too challenging to do from a big perspective. So if you're not there and that does scare you, then just pick well, another I've, item. I've, I've, you know, I started it. I, I wrote my letter to running. I got very comfortable with it. I shared it with you. I shared it with other people. I got some good feedback on it, you know. And so now I got to take the next step with it. And I've been having a difficult time, you know, taking that next step and trying to figure out what that is. And you know, maybe it's because I'm not mentally ready. Maybe I'm I'm not clear. I I like to, I I like to be able to see the end before I I want to see the you know through the bottom of the water before I jump off the cliff. Yeah, that's not going to be possible. Yeah, that's an unreasonable expectation. Life is mystery. There, you no, are never going right. at least in our sports. It's you true, are never yeah. going to see the bottom of the pool. Yeah, it's always going to be murky water, and yet you have all the skills necessary to. To well, yeah, function in that space, it, yeah. and yeah. then you do it. Yeah. But so why are so this is this is important, Bill. This is why people don't want to talk about purpose because they have to get down to the reasons why they're on this planet, which I think is an even bigger issue. However, I don't go there because I that's not what my role is in this space. I have yeah. a role to do that in another space, but that's not here. And I think that many people can find their running purpose pretty clearly without having to delve too too deep in their own you know, why they're on this planet, right? Running is a microcosm of it, but it's an easier one to wrestle with. But mystery will be there, Bill. Mystery will yeah. always be there. It's unknown. That's why yeah. we do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is why I do it. That, that is true. You know, that's... Uh, Embrace it. Yes. Accept right, it. Right, yeah. Every, every, you know, you're, you're there waiting uh, for the, the start beep to go off. And, you know, it's like, here we go. It's a wonderful mystery. What's it going to be like when I finish this? Or it's going to, or people stand there and say, I have no idea if I'm going to hit my goal. Well, that's the mystery too. No matter how you say, you could say it's beautiful. You could say it's terrible. It's still unknown. I mean, the Olympic trials, the people that are on our Olympic team were not people that people expected. Yeah. Only one person 
is on that Olympic team of six spots that people would have said beforehand they'd expected to have happen. So, yeah. and that's at the highest level. Well, you know? those other five people thought they could do that. They knew they were going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. But, so. but they didn't know. They knew they would be in the arena. They didn't yeah. know they were going to be on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Because the women and men who didn't make it thought they were. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped out. Some of them dropped out. Some of them got, just, you know, they just said, I'm done. Um, it's a topic for another day. But Yeah. 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 Well, so I think you, you, you know, you said pick a mental theme and train for it in your, you know, whatever your period is that you're on. And so I think in this particular one, for me, it, I, I didn't set out to have a theme. I can see now the next period that I go into, I'll, I'll pick some theme based on, you know, I'm running Boston. So after that's done, we'll see, you know, what theme it should be. I'll wait till that is. This theme, it came to me and happened to be like, it's like dealing with aches and pains, you yes. know? Uh, and so I, every time I, before I uh, run, after I run, during I run, I've got to think something mentally. It's like, how do I fucking get through this? I know I'm not injuring myself, but it hurts here. It hurts there. Oh, now it hurts in this new place, you know? And so that's the mental toughness thing that I'm working on. Or, yeah. I, I think one is. thing to consider in that space is um, make sure that you're clear on the logic between that doing the work creates the pain. So doing the work creates the pain. You did the work voluntarily. The pain is voluntary. Right. Yes. That's yeah, a, no, that's no. A big, I, I know that. Hurt. I know I, I, can, I can walk away from all this, you know, and be just fine and it's okay. But it's like. Uh, but there's I, a reason why you're right. sore. There's a reason why you have aches and pains. Some of them are natural and normal and expected in the process. Some of them are natural and normal and expected because of your age, right? Yeah, How yes. old are you, Bill? 60. Right? Some of this is natural and normal because of, um, well, because of the work you're doing and the age that you are, right? Yeah. Anything that's not natural and normal to that, we need to address something's yeah. gone on. Something's imbalanced. Either the volume is imbalanced, the quality was imbalanced, your life is unbalanced. Um, you need to be in a, you know, you've learned, you've been in a weight room now. You've got a weight trainer. You're, you know that you're probably less achy and pain, have less aches and pains now than you did three months ago before you started having that weight training. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. And, and, um, so some of this though, it, it, it ends up being a certain level of, maintaining concentration all those things you thought about i have to keep constantly asking myself well is this pain is this a re is this a, a a real hurt or is this a soreness or you know something like that you know i have to constantly evaluate that well it doesn't hurt now but it's going to hurt later well what do you do so that later you know what's what's the you know you got to remember to to do your post-workout things and all that sort of stuff. You got to give yourself time to do that. Maybe you don't run as long as you're going to because you need a half an hour to, to do your post-workout stuff. So you made a really good point earlier on. There is a mental game to that process. And that's what you should be working on. If That is a thing, not you should. That's a thing people can work on. Because for, you're describing that. People are going to say, oh, those are, the little, those are the little things I do to make sure I'm ready to do the next work. Yeah. But what's the psychological mental training that you're doing 
in conjunction with right. that. If you know your purpose for running, you've got more of a reason that will infuse all of the reason why you're doing the things that cause those aches and pains. But then those aches and pains, what are they bringing up that you need to address from a psychological perspective, from a mental toughness perspective, from A, these are normal, or B, these are not. And then the other things that happen, you know, it's all, you're doing that mental training, whether you're conscious of it or not. You're adjusting your psychology for what's happening, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Why not make conscious as much as you can, align it with your purpose, and move forward with the training? And it well, should- okay, okay, so I want to push back on that a little bit because I do a lot of physical training so that I don't have to think about it later on. It, it becomes second nature. And if I always have to think about my mental training it takes a lot of cycles and I, that gets tiresome. So I think I wanted to practice the things, the drills for mental training so that I don't always have to think about it. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. Okay. I don't know if that for sure, but I, I would argue that I don't think it really works that way. I don't think that the mind doesn't do the same things that the body does. It's too flexible it's too, it's too, there's too much mystery in there. And so I think you have to work on the things that you can. Now, I do think if you find that there's specific patterns that you're doing inappropriately, that you should go through and work on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that those will only be known in, when you're working hard and when you're training. And so I do think that I understand what you're saying, that you can't keep all these things in mind all at the same time. And I certainly don't think you can or should. I yeah. think they. that's why you have one major overarching theme. You yeah. stay focused on okay. it. When little things come up, you address it. You say, is this something I really need to deal with right now or is that something I need to take a, a, an inventory of? If, it isn't some, if it's something that you just need to put in an inventory, that, then you come back to me, your coach, and say, hey, I had this happen three times. I think it's something we need to think about. How, do you address, how would you address handling this mental challenge? Rather than you having to figure all that out yourself, you just take it, put it in a little box, Tie it up in a bow, leave it alone. If if it keeps if it gets one tick in that box, then you don't pay attention to it. If it gets 10, 10 deposits in that same box, then you're like, this is an issue I need to address. Yeah. Let your coach then help you work through that process and decide what's real and what's not real. Because again, Bill, when it comes to our psychological experience, we're not the best narrators of it. We don't always well, see that, clearly. That is so true. And I think that's, you know, like one of the, the best things that I've done on my running journey is uh, come to you and have you coach me and join the the, the Telos tribe uh, because there's like, there's times where it's like, well, I got this question. It's like, well, I can't figure it out. It's like, well, wait, and you can ask that with Steve. Or, you know, you could ask your other tribe members about it, whether it's when you're out on run or, you know, on a Facebook group or something like that. So it's nice. That it's like, okay, that's a legitimate question. Can't deal with it right now. But you put yourself in a position to be able to deal with it because you have a coach, because you have a community that you're in. And so that is a tremendous thing to do. It's tribe. It goes back to being in a tribe and using this meaning experience of running, which is really what it is. It's a fitness. There's a fitness part, but it's more than that for you. And so you've got a tribe that you can, that you're, that you're attached to and it's working for you. So 
So did we answer your question? I think we 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 got all. Over. I'm not sure we actually came to a definitive. I would say, so well, my definitive. So answer, a, you know what I think you did for me is to give me a lot to think about in terms of like my purpose, and then also, so now when I go and do Google searches and I find articles and stuff like that, I think it'll be. Um, uh, I'll, I'll have a basis to use to figure out which of those things that I want to do. Like, for example, the idea of pick a theme for a season or a, or a macro cycle and focus on that, you know. So now I can do a little research on my own and say, oh, that, yeah, I think I need to work on that. So, yes, yeah. I cool. do think it was very helpful. And I do think it's important to realize that what's going on between our ears you know, the mind it can fall into all kinds of categories, but what we're doing from a psychological perspective, what's happening mentally while we're running is not, doesn't fall into the same easy category categorization as our physical training. I argue that our physical training doesn't fall into those neat categories either, which is why I'm, has, I'm, I'm, I'm not positive about this idea of periodization generally. Mm-hmm. I think it's been an artificially determined thing from the early 1900s when we were looking at factories and that factories, the optimization of a factory created the optimization of our bodies and that everything science fell into those optimization silos and that they, a lot of times the actual methods that you're using to test it creates the kinds of results you're going to get and then feed training all starts to fall down these same siloed processes and that's not how we function. But physiologically, we see a lot of reasons why that has happened and why that's played out. Psychologically, we can't. I mean, look at Jung. You got, yeah. you, he had to create an entire category of the unconscious <laughs> that didn't exist before in order to describe it. And now we think about the unconscious as being this serious play that, we're, that we as a society recognize as this other world that plays into our world. And it's now become a part of our natural, our parlance. I mean, think about it. That's... That's a that's 120 years ago that terminology came into our existence, and yet it feels like it's been something with us for forever. But the unconscious is a lot of what we're dealing with when we're dealing with the mind and mental processes. And so we need to not, and when we think about what's going on psychologically, why do we why are we narrowing and siloing our running, our mental aspects of our training down well we do that because we do it with our run training with our, the yeah. way we do with our yes. body right yeah. i argue that neither are the appropriate way to do it but but we should use something but just don't confuse the map for the territory okay, okay. don't confuse the idea that training in periods is the absolute way that the body functions just recognize that we've used periods and we've used systems and energy systems because it's easier for us to conceptualize the crazy business of the body and the crazy business of the mind. And so that is what we do. We're, we're, we're scientific. We come from a reductionist point of view. We reduce, reduce, reduce so that we can learn. But that limits mystery, magic, the unconscious, weird um, it, 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 it's so, it, I mean, it, it's helpful in the sense that it gives you something to, you know, put a mental yes. hook on it. Yes. It, and that's how we operate. Yeah. So do it. So, but don't pick too many and don't think of it as a short dip into each of these concepts. I would suggest a deeper dive because more of the real, more of what's actually happening in your body and your mind and your, and your life experience will play out with a longer, deeper dive on one concept than it will with dipping your toe into 
whatever the latest Instagram fad or whatever runner's world decides to tell you is most important or whatever thing that Jake Riley did in his preparation for his race that's going to be absolutely critical and essential for you to do in yours. I don't dismiss the value of that. But remember, yeah. all of that is designed and played out to sell something, not to make your life better. What's Jake's full story? That's what we want to hear. What's the story of the people who didn't finish? What's yeah. the story of the people in the back of the pack? What's the story of your story? We, those things give us more meat. Here we are an hour into this conversation that we thought was going to take 15 minutes, but how much better is it because we got into your life and we got into the different things that are going on? That's well, what it's all about. You gave me more things to think about that I didn't know when I came here. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a real thing with me. So, Bill, thanks for joining me and thanks for having this conversation. Uh, I hope our listeners enjoy it and um, Godspeed. <laughs>